When you're stressed, do you tend to turn to food or maybe alcohol as a way to deal with the stress, as a way to cope? Or maybe it's not stress, maybe it's boredom or sadness or loneliness. And so really it's more emotional eating in the broader sense than just stress eating. Well, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about why we do it and the three things that you can do to stop emotional eating if it's getting in the way of achieving your long-term goals. So if you find yourself overeating as a result of stress or some other emotion that you've been avoiding and you turn to food as a way to cope, this is an episode you are definitely going to want to listen to from beginning to end. So let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang, and this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health, and feel empowered to live the life you want, you're in the right place. Episode number 181. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a little bit, you know that I've been working on a book. And this past Thursday, in the wee hours of the morning, so Friday morning, I submitted my final manuscript. So we're going to go into editing month and all that good stuff, but I was on a really, basically I met my deadline. (laughs) So I'm very, very happy. Earlier this week, I actually, I had a coaching call with Michael Haig, who is my storytelling coach. And I remember him looking at me and saying, "Hmm, you're none the worse for wear, despite being pretty focused on the writing for the last two weeks or so. So I am someone who definitely needs a deadline to get motivated, to get mm, really focused. So ever since I was a kid growing up, I still remember one of my teachers, Mrs. Nora, talked about the thrill of procrastination. Like those of you who are really good at planning and you go home, like my sister, go home. Once you get that homework assignment, Maybe it's a project that's going to take like two weeks. My sister would start working on it right away and I would wait until maybe a couple days before it was due. I always had that sort of intuitive sense of how long it was going to take me to complete what I needed to to do. So yeah, I use that stress response um, really as a way to get focused. So instead of seeing it as like, a threat, I see it as a challenge. And again, it's really about my body working for me and staying focused. But of course, 
we only really want those high stress times to be short bouts, if you will. You don't want to have it be chronic stress, right? So I know both the project manager and my editor were a little worried, but I told them, don't worry, I got this. So I'm very happy that I met my deadline. And um, basically after I record this podcast, I'm spending the rest of the holiday weekend for some self-care. So I'm going to be spending some time relaxing and then some time recharging, which is something I learned from Dina Patton. There's that whole part where you're going to be decompressing, right? So I'm probably going to go for a few walks, spend some time at the beach. It's supposed to be really nice this weekend. So Matt and I are going to be going over to Half Moon Bay and playing with Moxie, our puppy. And then I'm going to be also playing some tennis. So I would love to know, like, what did you do for the holiday weekend and how are you relaxing and recharging? All right. So since I was talking about stress, I wanted to cover stress eating. We haven't talked about emotional eating for a while. And while stress eating is clearly a form of emotional eating. So I'm going to talk about emotional eating. I'm going to talk about it in the broader terms, but then the examples I provide, I'm going to focus more on dealing with stress. Okay. So the first thing we need to define is what is emotional eating? And the simplest definition I can give you is when you're eating for reasons other than to solve the problem of hunger. Okay, so think about all the times that you eat when you're not hungry. So for me, I tend to eat not so much when I'm stressed, but when I'm decompressing. So for me, it's this habit of uh, when I'm watching TV, I might wind up eating a bowl of kettle corn, as an example, or some chocolate. Okay, so... One thing to keep in mind is emotional eating is a habit. It is not like part of your identity. If you refer to yourself as a stress eater or an emotional eater, what often ends up happening is when you say it's part of your identity, who you are, you're making it far more permanent and harder to change as opposed to it's just something that you do. So if it's just a habit, then we can work on changing the habit, okay? So maybe, so here's an, here's an idea. If you're an emotional eater, you want to think about sort of what is the story you're telling about yourself through eating. So if you're someone who, let's say, really cares about what's happening to the people in your life, and so as a result, you get stressed and worried about it, and you turn to food... Well, maybe you're using that food as a way to to demonstrate to other folks how much you care. Well, there are probably other things that we can do to work on showing how much you care rather than you eating food. Okay, so just think about what sort of other habit you might want to put in place of the eating. Okay, so... Ultimately, what I don't want is, again, I don't want you to be thinking about stress eating or emotional eating as part of your identity, but think about it as a habit. 
And actually, maybe one other example I can give you would be, I know when I own the health club, I would have people come in and when I asked them, like, what are your goals? And they would tell me they wanted to get exercise to become a habit and they were just too lazy. And that's why they weren't doing it. And I would always ask them to basically think about what they were saying to themselves. If you are describing yourself as lazy, that's not helpful. It's not motivating. I would suggest that if you're not exercising, it's more a form of procrastination, but not procrastination in that challenge, more as a threat, where procrastination comes from you're avoiding doing something because maybe you find the whole process kind of intimidating or you're overwhelmed. You don't know where to start, right? So lazy doesn't help. Procrastination, when you unpack it, tends to be much more helpful. So if you're in my sphere, you do not get to use the word lazy to describe yourself or anybody else. You can talk about yourself as smart, as honest, as funny, as courageous, <laughs> and then we're going to figure out how to play to your strengths. Okay. So the second thing we need to understand with stress eating and emotional eating is why do you do it? What problem are we solving? Okay. So for me, when I talk about the decompression, oftentimes I go for a massage, in which case I'm not eating. But if I am, say, sitting back and watching some TV, right, so I'm sort of leaning back versus a lean forward activity, like reading tends to be more lean forward. When I'm decompressing, if just watching TV, like, isn't providing enough of a distraction, then eating gives me that extra little dopamine hit. Food as a reward, because it releases dopamine, which is one of those happy hormones. Okay, so when it comes to emotional eating for you, what emotion are you avoiding? What is it that you don't want to feel? And it could be boredom. It could be sadness. It could be loneliness. It could be stress. It could be anger. It could be anxiety. There's all kinds of reasons. But before we can actually do something about it, we need to be able to understand what emotion it is that you're avoiding. Okay. And then here's the third thing that's really, really important is you need to understand what the root cause is. And guess what? It's actually not the emotion and it's not the situation, but rather your thoughts about the situation. Let me say that again. It is your thoughts about the situation. Those are the root cause. So if you want to learn how to stop stress eating, well, first thing is I want you to know that I'm offering a workshop on how to stop emotional eating on Wednesday, July 19th. It will be at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so save that date on your calendar. Uh, in the show notes, I'm gonna provide you a link where you can actually go and register for the event as well. Okay, so it's going to be a live masterclass. And let me just give you a little preview of what we're going to be talking about. So here 
you know, we're only doing this audio podcast. So in the live masterclass, I'm going to have some visuals for you. There's going to be a lot of uh, interaction in the masterclass. So think of it more like a workshop. Okay. So the first thing we want to do is we want to become aware of the thought or the emotion. And for most people, it's hard to become aware of the thought. So much easier to feel it in your body. So understand how a particular emotion may feel in your body is really helpful. And there is a graphic. I will include the link in the show notes. It's by, um, it's from a group of researchers in Finland who actually mapped out how different emotions show up in your body, like how anger shows up, how sadness shows up, how happiness shows up. Right? They had, I don't know how many thousands of people they use in order to come up with this overall map. So it's pretty cool. The thing you need to know, and this is helpful, is that how hunger shows up in your body is different from these other emotions. So the hunger, hunger sensation is different from emotions. And you probably know that intuitively already. Hunger, you know, when you're getting a little hungry, maybe your stomach feels a little empty. Maybe your energy wanes, dips a little bit if you're paying attention. And then if you've been ignoring it for a little bit, you're getting a little hungrier, you might find that maybe you're a little irritable, right? Maybe if you wait a little longer, you start getting a headache and then you really start getting like hangry. So what, again, what we want to do is make sure that we're eating when we're getting a little hungry. We don't want to wait until we're hangry because that's really it's when we tend to overeat as a result. Okay. But that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> All right. So the point here is I just want you to be aware that the, there's a difference between how it feels to be hungry and you're eating for hunger versus when you're eating to avoid a particular negative emotion. Okay. So when you become aware of the thought or the emotion before you start eating, I want you to insert a pause and understand you actually have three choices as to what you're going to do. The first one is, well, actually four. So the first one is you can continue doing what you're doing. And if, if that's working for you, I see that's fine. There's nothing wrong with eating it to distract yourself for a little while. Okay. But if it's an issue for you, then you have three other choices. Number one is to create a different habit to distract yourself. So go for a walk, go for a run, take a bath, take a shower, breathe, <laughs> meditate, journal. Any of those things could be a different habit to distract yourself as opposed to eating. Okay. And in the workshop, I will actually talk about how you can use that trigger to create a, a new habit. Okay. The second thing you can do is reframe. So after you've inserted that pause, you're going to practice TLC, the four step process where you basically are noticing the thought. You're really naming it. So this is where you journal, you shine a light on it to really get a clear 
understanding of what are your thoughts, what are your beliefs, what are your interpretations. You're going to question it. Is it true? And if it's not, how are you going to reframe it using the abundance principle? So I'm going to, again, be going through all of that in detail in the workshop on the 19th. Okay. And really what we want to do is what I talked about with how I use procrastination. We want to, for example, with stress, we want to utilize what's called eustress. We want to trigger eustress versus distress. We want to basically trigger the challenge response versus the threat response, where in the challenge response, you really do see that it's your body working for you, that you have the resources you need. You have the capability, you have the time to, you have whatever you need. You can call on friends to help you get whatever it is done. Okay. Versus the threat response where you're just like, I got to fight or, or flee maybe or freeze <laughs> and do nothing. That's, that's when overwhelm kicks in. Okay. So Number two is reframe, and number three is to actually deal with the underlying problem. What's that real problem that you've been avoiding dealing with? And it could be that you need to have a crucial conversation with someone. In which case, in the workshop, I'm going to be talking about what that looks like. Okay, And the other thing might be that after you finish distracting yourself, when you're ready you actually give yourself permission. you learn how to sit with the emotion and really process it. And the thing that I will tell you that's awesome about that process is most feelings, the, the thing that we've been avoiding, most feelings, that intensity level, when you sit with it, only lasts for about 90 seconds. 90 seconds, and then it'll sort of lose its grip on you. Not all emotions. I think grief is one that lasts a bit longer. It can come in waves, and you got to just let it wash over you. But for a lot of other things, it's, I would say like 80% of the time, it's actually in the reframing that you get to reclaim your power. It's in the reframing that you get to feel empowered to take action and to take action that's aligned with your long-term goals. All right. So again, the workshop, Stop Emotional Eating or Masterclass, if you will, is taking place on Wednesday, July 19th at 4 p.m. Pacific, which is 7 p.m. Eastern time. And if you want to find out more about the workshop and how to register for it, you're going to go to my website and at the very top, there will be a link for you to register. It'll take you to the page with all the info you need. Okay. And again, I'm going to also include that um, map of the different emotions in the show notes as well. So it's pretty cool. All right. So that's it for today. I am going to wrap things up with a quote by Marcus Aurelius. You have the power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength.
You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens. Thank you.